0: Let us do no such goddamn thing. Alright everyone, welcome back to uh, Gundam at MHQ, this is one of your hosts, Neo. Joining me always is Soulbro and Chris. Guys, say hello.
1: What's poppin'? Yo.
0: And this is episode 192, and this episode is so big, so bad, that we, had to, <laughs> we just have to skip the news. So we're just going to go into our first and only topic of the night, which is going to be our reviews and discussion of episode or seasons three and four but actually really an extended uh season three of voltron legendary defender the uh the cartoon anime uh show that's on netflix exclusively so we talked about seasons one and two i believe last year sometime right yeah we did yeah. So
1: and of course,
2: didn't we talk uh, about season two earlier this year?
1: This summer we talked about we season did. two, yes, and it yeah, took a long time. Se- season one, uh, Chris and I talked about, and That's uh, right. you were you I were so cool. away at the time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we we come we come away on this series, man. We come a long way, but uh it's good to see that it's still going. But now we have two seasons, to do. three and
0: four. Two, but really, one, one, yes, <laughs> two seasons of thirteen episodes. But it really should be, and two seasons that were basically um, uh, released. uh, Season three was released August fourth of two thousand seventeen. Season four, wink, wink, October thirteenth of two thousand seventeen. So, yeah. So, you know, for the sake of uh, Netflix, we'll say three and four. But we all know it's just one big season three. So, yeah. And I'm sure Chris will have a gripe or two about this numbering process, just like all of us will. So, <laughs> but, um, I'll spit everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we will we'll do the news next episode. And, um, Chris, why don't you give us a quick little synopsis of Season 3 and 4. of Vol- Sure.
2: So, we're going to uh, attack it all as just one. I'm not going <laughs> to bother with this Season 3 and 4 nonsense.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, we pick up right where Season 2 left off, except that um, from this cliffhanger, Shiro has disappeared and Zarkon has been struck down so the team is kind of in disarray and they're trying to cover for shiro's absence by only having uh four lions go out to respond to situations people keep asking where's voltron and when can we see voltron and where's voltron how about voltron when's voltron going to come and then keith finally snaps and (laughs) reveals that they can't do voltron because shiro is gone (laughs)
0: yeah. <laughs> I did like the deflection though that they would do. <laughs> well, you know, he's out. <laughs> I thought there were five lions. No, there just four.
2: <laughs> yeah. And at the same time, uh Zarkon's son, Prince Lotor, has returned from exile or something, and he's taken over and he's got um like, his own personal, like, royal guard of uh, female warriors. And he kind of does things his own way, very different from how Daddy does them. Oh, yeah. So, Team Voltron, they finally accept that they need a new paladin, but they don't want to go out on a search for, you know, a new person. So, they tap Alura. And Keith reveals that Shira wanted him to take over the black lion. So he gives that a try and the black lion accepts him. And the red lion that used to be his does not accept Laura. But uh, then Lance ends up switching to red and then she takes the blue lion. So Mm -hmm. it's all a big old color coded mess.
0: (laughs) Well, that's the original team, and that's the that's the Voltron of the 1980s. Yeah, inev- she was she was she was in the Blue Lion, right? Yeah,
1: it's an inevitable the uh, inevitable transition to what they were in the original yeah. series. Yeah.
2: And one of their first missions is answering a distress call from an Altaian ship that they find is stuck between two realities, and it's carrying a comet with a uh, trans-reality substance that is the material that Voltron was built out of. Mm -hmm. And when they go over to this other reality, they encounter the alternate universe version of Shiro, who goes by the name Sven. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: (laughs) And what's his name? The multiple realities like bird guy.
1: Slav. Slav. Yep. Yeah.
2: And in this alternate reality, they discover that Empress Allura beat back Zarkon and the Galra and that, uh, unfortunately, the Altains went a little bit out of control and they conquered the universe by turning everybody into mind-controlled slaves.
1: Yeah. It's pretty disturbing,
0: man. So this is this is the Spock with the goatee episode. Yeah.
2: Pretty a- much. <laughs> Pretty much. So they get back to their reality, but then Lotor steals the comet and runs off, and they are chasing him around, and Keith is very impulsive and doesn't want to listen to anyone, and Lotor does the old Mutara Nebula trick on them, (laughs) (laughs) and they completely fall for it, And,
0: um, it's a one-dimensional they do, thinking.
2: Yep. So they, they do manage to form Voltron. They, they work together a bit, but it takes Keith a while to you know stop being a loner, and he never really quite gets it right. And then we come back to the actual Shiro, not Sven, who wakes up on a Galra ship, and we spend an episode uh, chronicling his struggle to get back to Team Voltron which he eventually does, and now it's kind of an awkward position where it's like, hey, I'm back. Oh, the black line doesn't accept me anymore. (laughs) So he's kind of uh, off to the side as a kind of tactical leader, but people still listen to him rather than Keith, which creates some problems. And uh, Lotor is sneaking around doing his own stuff and ends up building a new ship from the material of the trans-reality comet. Mm -hmm. And the midpoint, the actual end of Season 3, is Koran telling everyone the flashback story, and boy, what a story it is. Oh, yeah. Wow.
0: Jeez, yeah, right?
2: So uh, this is a story that goes all the way back to before Voltron existed, when... Allura's father, King Alfour and Zarkon, and these other three people were just the paladins who fought to secure peace in the galaxy, and then they discover the trans-reality comet, and Alfour builds the lions, and the paladins start using the lions, and uh, he didn't even design Voltron, they just kind of accidentally... Form it because they just have this feeling that they should, and then it happens.
0: Yeah, that was a little weird. But, okay.
2: Um, and we get some background on uh, Zarkon, who's a good guy, but kind of uh, militant. You know, kind of militant and and stiff. But he lightens up a little bit when he falls in love with uh, an Altaian scientist named Honerva, mm-hmm. and they get married, and. Um, Unfortunately, there's an accident when um, studying this other reality that they've discovered, that uh, Dark Quintessence starts to escape out of it, and this monster comes on the Galra homeworld, and Voltron has to smack it down. (laughs) And then the years pass, and Alfor discovers that uh, Zarkon and Honerva have gone completely loopy from studying quintessence, and uh, they just want to take shit too far. Yeah. And um, Honerva is uh, not physically well, and Zarkon wants to open the rift bigger to this other reality, and he ends up tricking... (laughs) everyone by saying that he wants to close it but to close the rift they'll need to make it bigger first and he gets in there, tries to um, heal Honerva by exposing her to the pure quintessence but it's too much to handle and kills both of them Yeah. and there's a whole funeral but then after the funeral the two of them are Revived by dark quintessence, and Zarkon has mutated into what we know him to be now, and Hornerva has mutated into Hagar.
1: Yep, absolutely.
2: And out of um, out of rage, he is upset that Alfor evacuated the Galra homeworld and destroyed it to seal the rift. So he kills Alfor and destroys Altea. In vengeance and then has the Galra set out on this path of conquest which leads to the universe falling and 10,000 years of darkness and wow what a story so (laughs) um, let's let's pause at this midpoint and and collect our thoughts um Neo what are are your thoughts on on season three so far
0: well I mean yeah (laughs) You, you think about the way that season two ended and, you know, the, the defeat of Zarkon, the disappearance of Shiro. Um, I did like the fact that you just have a couple, the first couple episodes of just this kind of hopelessness of like, what do we do? We're, Volt, we're the Voltron team. We need to do something. However, we don't have the ability to do this. And, um, you know, we, we, we're going to have to try to do something. And you knew it was coming. You knew they were coming with the princess. It was just, it was too obvious. But it was kind of interesting to see how they had to, um, you know, it's almost like you, you go through that um, that path of, like, acceptance by the lions. Um, and then, of course, the introduction of Lotor. And we see that, yeah, he definitely is not his daddy. And that <laughs> with that, though, it's, it's causing lots of problems within the ranks of, um, the uh, Galra Empire a lot, you know, you had a couple of those that one guy tried to challenge him um, you know, when they were at the Gladiator fights and you find out it was Lotor down there and that one guy tried to challenge him and you know, um, but then we see too that um, the Galra Empire a lot of the planets are uh, rebelling and Lotor is just not too much into really worrying about that, you know, he's just like well, you know what happens happens, um, you know, we could see that Hagar in the background is, you know, slowly trying to get, um, Zarkon back up and running, but, um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of good little adventures that we have there with, uh, the new, the new team plus the reappearance of Shiro, but man, that last episode of, uh, the quote unquote season three, um, really puts it into perspective what was going on here, um. Yeah, there is some goofiness where it's just like they didn't really plan, they didn't really design Voltron to become Voltron, but whatever. But the fact that you just see that, um, you know, Zarkon and Hagar, their, you know, their origins, um, and it's almost like the quintessence was like a drug, yeah. And they became like drug addicted, absolutely. And I mean, to the point that she's sick, and you know. I do have to wonder the intelligence of the paladins, though. When Zarkon's like, "Yeah, to close this, we got to make the hole bigger first, and then close it." Um, I don't know how often in, in in reality that you have to make something bigger to to close it, but um, you, you think somebody would have at least brought that up to his attention. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was definitely uh, you know definitely a good set of episodes unfortunately when i first watched it i felt i was getting towards the end i i I watched up to about episode four and because of the way they were splitting this up you could tell i'm like wait i'm just gonna wait for the other season to come out so i did but um (coughs) yeah this batch was um definitely some good stuff here (coughs) good backstory episode two so back to you chris Sobro, uh, thoughts
1: on um... <coughs> thoughts on the season season uh, three? Absolutely. Um, I will. will start off with uh, Lotor. Uh, I loved his introduction. The fact that he is super cerebral and he is definitely, as you mentioned, yeah. not his father. He is a he's a mastermind type character, a thinker. He always has all sorts of moves in his mind before he makes them, and he works. He, he's a politician which is surprising like he wants to gather the the admiration of the people because he can then manipulate them into doing what he wants he's not like the zarkon which Zarkon, he rules by might and strength and by you know his his military might uh, military prowess while zark uh, you know lotor is a completely different animal and i really enjoy that the fact that he has a stable of a uh, female guards, and they all have different personalities. I-, I liked all of them when they were all introduced. We find out that uh oxa the the lead one, was the woman that was helping out. We didn't even know if it was a woman or not. But when both Keith and Hunk were inside that giant whale type creature to get, uh, I forget what they were inside of it for, but they had to get some kind of resource from inside of it to take back to the castle. Um, they ran, in- uh, Keith ran into a uh, an alien pilot, and it was her, Oxa and they they re- they reveal that in this first half of the season um it was cool to see that they have a connection and i think the show's going to play on that later especially in the direction where keith is going later on in the season which we'll get into um but uh I, I i like those characters but um talking about um another character that has me worried is shiro it was a surprise to me that he even returned when that episode happened the journey and the fact that he wakes up on board of another uh, another um, ref- uh ship, you know, in the same exact situation that he was beforehand, missing an arm and everything like that, uh, has me worried. I- I'm wondering if he's actually a clone because this Shiro that we have now, it seems different to me. Not only in look, but the way he acts, um, his his persona, it seems a little bit off. And maybe that's me, uh, but I don't trust it.
2: <laughs> i don't I, I think this is uh just a case of you reading into things too much and uh getting caught up in your own fantasies i
1: don't yeah. know i don't know because to me it's I, I believe especially seeing the second half it's setting up for something big with his character um especially how the first episode of this the second well, he part could, he could be off. a
0: sleeper he could be a sleeper agent i don't, I don't f- think he's i don't think he's a clone
1: i think and and, and forgive me for saying this but well, i Plus,
0: too i mean think about I, it also the guy had his arm ripped off he goes yeah. through you know you don't know what ptsd has so. he, he,
1: but how did he how did he 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 dematerialized inside of the black lion and rematerialized somewhere else with no explanation involved that's one thing second he ended up it's on not, a, got him ship. With a
0: transporter man yeah, i'm sure <laughs> remember, i remember remember in the in the jj verse you got the the, you can now point the transporter
1: anywhere, and you can grab people at light speed and stuff. <laughs> right? Yeah, you can. You can. But um, yeah. I, with him, there, there's something there that we don't know about yet, and it's well, a, it's a seed that they planted that we're going to find out from, well, we're going to find out more about. When I don't he think came, he's a clone. When, when he came back, and he couldn't use the Black Lion. And he couldn't synchronize with the black line. When he had made such a breakthrough with it in the final episode of season two was already like a big red flag to me. Yeah, but um, then
2: (laughs) this would be fine if we were just talking about season three. But then you already know from season four that he does use it again. So that tosses that out the window.
1: No, not necessarily. I honestly believe there's something going on there still. And um, I, 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 think this show has yet to reveal it. And um, come the upcoming season, hey, Chris, I, I think it's going to pull that card. Crossroad, yeah, that's fine. You me call me out on it. If I'm wrong, you can put me on blast. I don't. I, 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 I will eat shit. But I honestly so, do not so what trust are, what the are situation here that he's. He's a
0: clone set up for nefarious purposes?
1: Not for nefarious purposes, but there's, there's an underlining story we don't have all the details on. I'll say this, and forgive me for saying this. I look at him, because this show does pull inspiration from other animes. We've seen it from time and time again throughout the show. I look at him like a ray. From Evangelion, and they have some experimentation going on with Shiro ever since they pulled him into the med bay after he lost his arm. They did something to him, and when they they let him go on purpose to escape to Earth, and then the Voltron Force, of course, the Paladins were formed, probably out of circumstance, maybe some of it fate. But he has uh, he was he he was he was let go. I believe that whole thing was staged, and just like his second escape was staged. How do you how did the same events happen twice? That's what I want to know. I mean, it's a cartoon. You can just let it go if you want to, but there's a conspiracy there, and I know it's going to unfold eventually, and there's going to be some hearts broken. And uh, even when he returned to the ship, some of them found it a little bit suspect at first. They accepted it eventually because it was good to have him back, but I remember... I believe it was either Lance or Keith that had misgivings about it, at least in the beginning. So I I, I don't want to overlook that at all. Um, I, maybe I'll, I'll I'll be on the back foot on this one, but that's uh just me not trusting the situation, I guess.
2: <laughs> See, but usually they in situations like that, where there's something going on with someone, yeah, they give you some kind of hint along the way that something is wrong, and they have not yeah done that at all here
1: so but the series plays the long game and it peels back layers like we're starting to get more more on um which hagar and what's going on with her and she's slowly starting to get her memories back and you can see that she's having you know all sorts of uh issues going on and i think eventually she's going to make a switch uh, as the series goes along too but the series does play the long game and it does hide some of its best things and reveals them as the series goes along and i think shiro is one of the biggest mysteries in the show um, being in the, in the original series, that character had died originally. So they find new uses for share to be in this series. And I, I think it's very innovative what they're doing with this character, but, um, it, I, I could be overstating this. And I, again, I will, I will eat shit <laughs> when the time rolls around, when the big reveal happens or the lack of a reveal. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But, um, uh, my favorite episode uh, outside of The Legend Begins, which is the, the flashback episode, was Hole in the Sky. That shit where they went to the other dimension and uh, found the uh, Altean yeah. Empire... I love that episode so much cuz it was just dumb, but it did open your eyes to the fact that there could be bigger threats out there. And if that dimension finds a way to get into this dimension, these guys could become new heavies later on in the series. So, it could be an episode that pays it forward in that sense. We may never see him again. You never know. But um the, the fact that the, the ability to transverse dimensions is uh is an interesting uh, situation and to see Sven uh show up in the episode they found out he's uh, of course the alternate version of Shiro and the line that he says about the hospital planet I fucking died <laughs> yeah. I fucking died the, the, the fact that because we joked about it for years all mm-hmm. 10 years of the show but then the, see this this animated series actually acknowledged the whole hospital planet joke I, 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 I have to give the writers a huge hey, recommendation for that exists. yeah it, it confirmed <laughs> Super confirmed. But uh, The Legend Begins, though, is the standout episode here. Chris went into all the details about it. But for 22 minutes, this episode covers so much ground. I kind of wish we had more time with the characters from this uh, this era. And just to see how things fell apart, it was finally good to see the dots connect and uh to see exactly how things fell apart between uh Alfor and Zarkon and to see Zarkon back when he was a uh a, a slightly lighter hearted dude, when uh he was more so just a just a serious guy, but he had uh he had his heart was in the right place. And uh he got molded by uh he got he got corrupted by this quintessent bullshit and uh and uh, also get introduced to um to uh what's her name? Uh Hanerva, who turns out to be Hagar later. Um, yeah, it's just, it was very interesting. Oh, that one moment where, uh, uh, they gave, uh, Princess Alora uh, the little helmet that, uh, that in the original animated series that, uh, what's his name? Uh, Lotor wore, uh, and said it was a gift from the Zar- uh, Zarkon's race to, uh, to her when she was a baby. I thought it was a little nice Easter egg there too. But yeah, um, a very solid season. I, I, I will, I'll admit I enjoyed the first half of the season more than the second. Uh, I've got to say, although I did enjoy the second half as well.
2: Alright, and uh, I think the highlight for this part of the story is the flashback episode, which, as I'm watching it, I'm thinking to myself, this is a really fucked up kids show.
1: Yes! Yeah. (laughs) I think they know their audience. They know that people from who watched the original series are watching it with their kids. So they're giving uh, not only the kids something to watch that maybe a little bit above what they would normally see, but also giving the adults watching the show who grew up with the original something more substantial to watch. I remember Neo, when he saw the original series again, when he got reunited with it, it like, this, this series is not good. <laughs> uh, uh, not but, very good. But this, by comparison, is far better, and uh, I would definitely... Uh, uh, recommend the show to anybody who uh, watched the original series, especially since it's a step up.
2: Um, moving on to the second half of the story, which they have dubbed season four, <laughs> uh, we time skip a couple of months forward, and Voltron has been building up a coalition to fight against the Galra as more planets escape the Empire's control. And Lotor is completely unconcerned by this because he's doing his own sneaky things and Hagar is becoming suspicious. So with Team Voltron, we find out that Keith um, has been splitting his time between a paladin and and training with the Blade of Marmora, which creates some conflicts because he's never around when they need him for these sort of publicity events to try to raise interest in getting people to join the Coalition. And eventually it all comes to a head when he's out on a mission trying to track uh, Lotor's secret supply routes. And Voltron gets... Team Voltron gets in trouble. The four lions are uh, massively outnumbered by Galra forces. So Shiro jumps back into the cockpit and begs it to accept him again. And the black lion answers his call and he becomes the black paladin again and is able to form Voltron. After which uh, Keith apologizes and says that uh, he needs to go on the path that he's on now, and he basically gives up being a paladin. So for the rest of this season, there's uh, a widening um, gap between Lotor and the Galra because Hagar successfully revives Zarkon, who basically suits himself up into some giant armor and is like, what the heck did you do to mess up my empire?
1: Oh, shit. Uh
2: (laughs) And eventually dismisses Lotor from his position, and Lotor's been doing some sneaky stuff like attacking Galra bases to get stuff that he needs, and Hagar uh, does a little magic to get a little spy cam on one of his uh, royal guard, and he eventually is dubbed... A criminal when they figure out that he is trying to um, harvest pure quintessence and has built some ships secretly out of a trans reality comet so he becomes an outlaw and um, his attempt to cross over into the other reality fails so his royal guard they try to betray him and he ends up escaping with um one of the ships and meanwhile voltron has been building this coalition they want to attack at this particular planet but it's all a giant trap that uh, hagar has launched to um keep voltron stuck on this planet with um heavy gravity And then blow up the planets to destroy Voltron and cause an explosion so big that it would wipe out the ten surrounding star systems. Thus wiping out all of the Rebels and Voltron in one fell swoop. And everything's looking kind of shaky there until at the end Lotor arrives for the save and uh, they're able to stop the planet from blowing up and he tells voltron that uh they should have a talk and that's where <laughs> season four ends so Sobro, your thoughts on this second half of the story
1: yeah uh, even though I, I didn't enjoy this second half as much as the first i will say there was some really uh, good episodes in here I, I think the episode that kind of bogged things down for me was the voltron show um
2: it- yeah that's really like just pointless filler. Yeah, it yeah. was.
1: I mean, granted, it had a point, but I would have rather they found a another way to rally the people. <laughs> <laughs> then just for us to have a, a, a silly episode I, you, you got to give the kids something so i i will i'll let that slide but the remaining episodes of the group uh, i thought were uh were fantastic uh the choice of keith going to join the blades of memora and uh honing his skills in that department i thought was actually a a, a smart move um it was a gamble because we didn't know if shear was going to be able to get his mojo back to pilot the black lion but uh, it worked out in the end and now keith is a. Uh, honing his abilities and helping with that particular effort. Uh, I don't, I don't doubt he's gonna be backpiling piloting the Black Lion somewhere in the series, uh, sometime in the future. But, um, I, I do like it, that development that his character, that road his character is on. And to see all these, uh, rebel cells starting to form, um, the whole Star Fox rebel cell? <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> fucking tickled me big. Yo, when Slippy got killed, <laughs> I fucking died. <laughs> that was clearly slippy too (laughs) oh my goodness but um matt uh reunion was one of my favorite episodes in this whole run because we finally got to see pidge uh take that journey to find her brother and you get the flashbacks of how close they were and what the sentimental uh the sentiment behind the glasses being given to her was and then eventually they they reunite Uh, at a moment i was super super um uh, uh sad about the whole finding his grave, but then to find out that the grave was actually a marker to, uh, to, to give his real position. I thought it was a clever, a clever touch. And of course, it, it goes all the way back to the way, uh, they do their special Morse code or whatever, um, cipher that they use in order to communicate when they're out, uh, in space. Uh, but to see they get reunited and to see that Matt is really a cool character. And them take on, for them to take on that bounty hunter and to wax his ass. I thought it was a, it was a nice episode. And, uh, it went, it went miles to develop Pidge's character and, uh, bring another person into the team. Um, going back to Lotor, yeah, you know, it's clear that Lotor is building his own super robot. Uh, even though he wants to harvest quintessence, you can see just the way those ships are designed. They look like they could come together, but they're missing a part, which I'm certain he's going to build eventually. Um, and then he's gonna have something that will be able to take Voltron on, uh, head to head. So I'm, I'm curious to see where that goes. But the fact that he is in a position now where he has to team up with the, with, with the rebel forces, uh, being that he's kind of the, the, uh, the most wanted man in the Galra Empire. <laughs> uh, one of the coolest moments in the season was when he was trying to shake, uh, Zarkon's forces from chasing him and he had to go to the gravity well of that star and um he had to pretty much gamble that the ship could hold and withstand being that close to the star while taking on the uh while the other ships were getting decimated by the gravity well and how hot the, uh, the sun was getting um the fact that he got away from that and he's willing to take risk like that make him a very interesting character what tripped me out though is when he killed that one uh that one uh knight in his uh in his party after he found out that she was spying on him for uh for hagar he just straight up just assassinated her ass and the other girls were pretty worried about uh their futures with him given what he did to her um and they ended up turning on him so i'm wondering where they're gonna go uh at the end of the season
2: probably should have explained why he did that
1: yeah i I wish he had Uh had i mean i'm sure they realized it or they he told them somewhere off screen but still the fact that he just killed her straight up like that and the fact that he could do that to any one of them would still be reason enough for them to worry and, and turn on them. So I can't blame them for, for them uh turning on him and wanting to return him back to the Empire so that way they can, you know, get clemency for for uh for the betrayal. But um now that he's joined up uh, we we don't know he's joined up with the Voltron Force, but he's having uh he's having parlay with the Voltron Force by the end of the episode of the last episode of the season is a very interesting place to leave us on. But uh, overall I think the overall battle was fantastic. Uh the 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 uh st- the tactic that they had going into the battle and taking over the cannons and the way that the whole thing played out and what Voltron had to go through and Princess Allure tapping into her abilities um was was an, in, an incredible final battle for this particular season. And uh, I'll toss it to, to toss it back to you guys so y'all can talk about it further.
2: All right, uh Neo, your thoughts?
0: Um, yeah, I guess in terms of action and stuff, this season's not, um, as, as much as the first, as season three, but, um, I did like it. Like Silber said, I, I did kind of like the Pidge episode reuniting with her brother. Um, that was kind of nice. Um, you know, you get a little bit of a, little bit of a twist there where it's like, you're thinking, oh, they're dead, but no, uh, her brother's not dead the, the their bir- his birth date is actually the coordinates of something, so yeah. that was kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, the Voltron show, I think they could have done that in a little different way. Um, maybe put it together in something else, but not devote a whole episode to it, because I I think there's a lot of stuff that we could have... A lot of other things we could have approached a little bit, because... Um, <clears throat> You know, it's, it's nice that we see this whole thing with um, the rebellion happen, but there's got to be other things going on, um, you know, other rebellions. Maybe, you know, there's got to be times where the um, the empire is going to be, uh, the galra Empire is going to do a little bit of um, uh, beating back some of the rebellions. So that might have been a little bit more uh, appropriate to see. Um, yeah, we get to see the return of Zarkon in some, like, all doped up in some armor and some life support and,
1: armor like Darth Vader.
0: <laughs> yeah, this just this, this, just this doesn't bode well. So I'm sure it's gonna make him even more cuckoo for Coco Puffs. Mm-hmm. Um and then of course um the whole thing about the Empire going after uh Lotor and still trying to figure out what the heck Lotor is up to. Um you, you think you, you know you you definitely know he's building his own fleet, he's doing some things. Um, but yeah, is it, to, is it to overthrow his father? Is it to, you know, is it, is it just one of these situations where he just wants to fight the, uh, the paladins? Uh, I don't know. And then of course we really don't get to see because he goes on the run mm-hmm. and, um, and then of course we get the, um, the end of season episode where it's like, Hey, it's me. I know we've had some beef in the past, but. <laughs> let's talk. I think it'll be beneficial for all of us. And uh so so I mean I guess that's where we'll we'll start off in in season 5. So, but um yeah, definitely a a good prop of episodes. Um maybe not as strong as the first set, but definitely uh pretty good way to kind of end up season 4 which is really season 3. So, <laughs> back to you, Chris.
2: Yeah, I look at them overall as one season and think it's probably the strongest of uh the three sets of 13 episodes if you want to call it that uh the voltron show was definitely a stumbling block of pointless filler yeah before we have the big final battle of the season um i definitely enjoyed the Pidge episode and finally seeing that thread come to fruition a bit mm-hmm. because that's been her thing since the start of the show yep. and you wonder when is that ever going to be touched upon and hey she finally at least found her brother so far and it comes after this you know really depressing moment of she lands on this messed up planet and finds this uh massive memorial and yeah graveyard for over a hundred and a hundred thousand people Ooh. who died fighting the galra
1: yeah i mean it's a it's a touching moment man just to see her break down mm-hmm. until she comes to the realization that um that her brother's still alive but uh there's a moment in there was like wow is it gonna end on this that is wow that's a tough lesson to to, to take in i mean her father's still out there but then of course it turns the corner and you uh you found out that matt is still i around. actually i actually kind of in a way Was hoping that was the case. Me too, actually. I mean, (laughs) I
0: I I don't I don't have a problem with her brother, Mm -hmm. and I think that you know, okay, he's joined the team, and you know, he brings that extra set of uh, intelligence and things like that. Yeah. But but the but the you know the the Gundam watcher in me was like, oh, this is just perfect because now just go down that. That has She's nothing. Nothing left to hold her back except her dad.
1: <laughs> well, she got a pass on her brother, but I think their father is toast. <laughs> yeah,
0: can't, you can't. You can't. get lucky twice. Yeah, I
1: don't think so. Was, he's going. He's going to go. He's going to go out big. That much I can tell you. <laughs>
2: um, I like seeing. Shiro come back into a leadership role where he belongs because Keith is a, a shitty leader.
1: Oh, and, he is though. <laughs>
2: uh, you
1: know, he's, he's he's. a lone wolf.
2: I think works far better uh, with this like solid snake storyline he's yeah. got working. Yeah, I with think it's blades. it's
1: going to do wonders for him. I think ultimately with his development.
2: Um, you know, I like seeing Alora come into her own as a paladin and. Uh, build up those fighting skills Mm -hmm. and uh overall i just think that lotor is uh, a much more interesting um, villain than his dad because he's complicated and you know he is a a mastermind as solbro said and i think in execution that he is what Thrawn tried to be in Star Wars Rebels, but
0: Ooh. was not. Oh, damn. I have a question, and I mm-hmm. might have this. Is Lotor the son of Hagar and Zarkon? Yes. Or... yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he that they did... Mentions, okay.
2: Um, that Hagar's his mother and it makes sense if you look at him because he's got yeah, the Galra yeah. purple skin yeah. Yeah. but his he's got the the Altaian elf face.
1: My question yeah. is, does he know that Hagar is his mom? Uh given the fact that she technically uh Hunerva technically died, but she came back as Hagar, does she know that is his mom? Does she even realize that that is her son? I. Uh, they both have the connection of being both connected to to uh to zarkon and he knows that he's zarkon's son but never did they once never he's regarded hagar as his mother so i wonder if they even know each other from that oh
2: uh i i wondered once we saw that episode that you know that zarkon and honerva were dead mm. and were resurrected by the dark quintessence you know are they even actually the same people? No. You know, is the dark quintessence yeah. something that's alive and is just inhabiting their bodies yeah. as physical shells in this world? You know, is there anything left of who they were?
1: You can see Hagar. Mm-hmm.
2: It sure as hell doesn't look that way because Zarkon is just um you know, this conquest machine yeah. devoted to that and nothing else. Yeah.
1: I, I think her nerve is starting to rise back to the surface and Hagar. And uh, she's going to have a breakthrough somewhere in this episodes coming up because uh, there's brief moments where you can see she's having a, a a moment of clarity and then she slips back into being Hagar. Uh, and uh, I know that's eventually going to have some kind of, uh, some kind of crescendo. I'm just wondering when that'll happen. Yeah, possibly.
2: Well, um, you know, where we stand now, We've had uh, 39 episodes across these three, (coughs) four seasons. And (laughs) the commitment for DreamWorks and Netflix on this is 78 episodes total. So we're only Hmm. halfway through. Yeah. And that's given all the stuff that's happened already. Wow. So, you know, if if they stick to 13 episode seasons, then we've got at least three more seasons coming of this show before it ends. So... One thing that I would like to see, which they haven't done yet, and I'm wondering if they were just saving this for the future, mm-hmm. is that they've never gone back to Earth at all.
0: Yeah, um, I'd like to see them do that. Yeah, and
2: I have to think that Earth will factor into things somehow. And I wonder how it would change the story if the Galra invaded Earth, and then Voltron had to come and liberate Earth because that could be quite a story of, you know, four out of the five Paladins. Are humans, and yeah, they're dedicated to um, liberating all these other planets from the Galra. But how do they react when it's their own world? Yeah, uh, falling under the sword. And yeah. and,
1: and then once uh once Earth gets involved, I mean, this also means Galaxy Garrison gets involved too. So how they factor into the rebellion and all that, and uh, I'm interested in seeing how that plays out. And uh, maybe the end of the series will take place uh, as a battle for Earth, but.
0: You would have to think, I mean, like you said, Chris, you got 78 episode commitment, you're about on, a little under halfway through, there's got to be, there go, there's got to have to be an arc going back there, yeah. I mean, you would think. I mean, given I mean, that it, it
2: was one of the the hiding place of a lion, Yeah, there's got to be something that will bring them back to Earth, you know, if just for the fact of, people got to be homesick, and... Yeah. What if you're homesick and then your planet's been invaded, yeah
1: right? That, that'll definitely uh drive a new wedge of uh drama into the series since they all have family on earth and you know that'd be a main concern for all the all the paladins if it does get raided so um it, that that's interesting 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 development i'm I, I hope we get to see it
2: i wonder uh do you think that we'll uh get some mid series upgrades worked in and... like some kind of maybe uh vehicle voltron?
0: Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I I do get the um, you know because they make the lions are so kind of temperamental. Yeah. And it's almost like th- you know, I I would think we're definitely going to get weapons upgrades on them. We're going to start seeing that as the as the paladins get more integrated with their lions, we're going to start seeing more and newer weaponry, I think. Yeah. But it would be interesting if we see Man, can you imagine? Maybe, maybe the vehicle Voltron is is something Galaxy Garrison puts together or something like that.
1: Which, or which... maybe
2: uh, it's uh, Lotor's thing because could, you could be
1: he's building you something. Could
2: tell even when he just had the first, like <clears throat> something's supposed to be going on here. And Then you see the second, it's like, oh yeah, well these three things are going to make a robot. And It's like, well, damn, he never got to build the third and legs and
1: yeah. arms. Yeah. Oh, don't worry, he will he will <laughs> but yeah I, I i the thing i always look at when it comes to the possibility of a vehicle voltron is the fact that matt uh matt was uh his uh pidge's brother was uh one of the pilots of the 15 vehicles uh voltron in in the canon that was made in the, for the american series Oh the, very, so, uh, the vehicle voltron yeah really? and, and it makes me wonder if they're going to backdoor pilot another voltron spinoff series towards the end of this series once the series starts to wind up that they'll introduce the vehicle voltron and then when the series ends it would open the door for a series focusing on that one that would be really cool that'd be the greatest trick the devil never the devil ever pulled (laughs) for uh for this series so uh i would i would love that to take
0: place or the fact that they just got to bring it in because maybe Mm -hmm. Zarkon just becomes too
1: powerful at this point i mean
0: yeah, yeah there's
1: there's something going on yeah it wouldn't surprise me, man. I, I would. I, I hope. I wonder if we'll, uh, we will get to see a vehicle Voltron somewhere along the way.
2: And you know, just as a, a final comment and as a uh, a parting blow, you know, when it comes to continuing a franchise that basically is a, a bastardization of unrelated anime properties, mm-hmm. this series. Shows how you do it the right way yes. when you have a good staff and also when you have money, unlike uh, some other franchise out there that starts with robo and ends with tech. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I we 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 shit all over Harmony Gold, but I will definitely give props to World Events for doing it the right way. They're the production company behind Voltron ever since the original, and they've they've had a few stops and starts with Voltron, but this is by far the best rendition I've ever seen, and uh, it continues to to have that high level of quality. Man, I I can't wait to see where the series is going to go next.
2: They 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 cracked the code this time since Voltron Force wasn't very successful.
1: Yeah, no. and
2: you know it's like. There's toys for this out in stores which kinda of struck me as weird. It's like I was at Toys R Us and you know, they had this whole section with Voltron toys, I'm thinking it's kinda of weird that there's all these kids toys in the store for a show that isn't even on T V.
0: Yeah. yeah. it's on Netflix. Yeah. It's like that's such
2: a weird thought to
0: get used to. It just goes but to show many people but how many people even actually watch what you consider
1: tv anymore and yeah. there's so
0: many people that just all they watch yeah
1: destination tv is no longer the the story yeah. anymore it's kids are watching 24 well, hours no, destination cartoons on
0: mm-hmm. destination tv just changed
1: yeah you're right you know you, you
0: grew up with it where you would do all of us were it's at episode a week you wait mm-hmm. for the next episode yeah now you just wait for the i mean I remember when the Stranger Things the the second Stranger Things was coming out. I mean there were people like having parties and having countdowns for this stupid thing. Yo, know, and <laughs> I mean and and that's just how it is now. You 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 have a thing because then you know that you can oh, it's here. Now I can watch my six episodes of of Ultron, you mm-hmm. know. It's just different now. But it does bring up a good, good point is like you have toys for something that's not as readily accessible to everybody
1: but, as things used to be. Almost everybody has access to Netflix in some way, shape, or form, though. It's the biggest network now when it comes to people watching things. And kids, they are... They, we have a generation of children that don't know uh, appointment television anymore. They just know that they can just... Watch anything they want to whenever they feel like. So when Voltron shows up, they can just crank out a whole season of that and then move on with life, and then go back and watch the next season when it drops. And it's it's an amazing thing. Um, and I, I I even though it's not on some kind of broadcast television, uh, I still think it it gets exposure regardless. I, I uh, being that Netflix is so easily does, readily available. the Netflix do they release viewership
0: of any of these shows?
1: They never do.
2: Uh, so people, there are these um firms so Nielsen always... and others who mm-hmm. they do estimates. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't have any hard numbers because Netflix never has released hard numbers on any of um
0: their original shows. So I do I sometimes do wonder how popular things are.
1: I heard something recently but that some, some sort of uh um firm came up with ratings for Netflix. Um But uh, it's all estimates. It's all estimates, yeah.
0: I mean, Netflix has got... I mean, you can sit there and I'm sure they're using all types of formulas and algorithms to go, okay, this is the amount of subscribers they have. This is the amount, you know, they probably do stuff. How many, you know, subscribers watch X amount of TV. This percentage is... I mean, there's all types of things that they're doing, but the actual data is in Netflix. I mean, Netflix knows how many times... They know that I watched... Halfway through the first episode of Iron Fist, and never went back to that show. Yeah. <laughs> they know that I stopped that episode three of the Defenders because mm. I couldn't do it anymore after <laughs> well, the whole thing. They, enough of people
2: kept watching Iron Fist to get that show a second season.
0: Yeah, and yeah. and that's crazy. And mm-hmm. and so you just don't know. I mean, what we think might be popular may not be as popular as we think, and shit that's we think is not very popular. Is um, more popular. So look at it this way.
2: Mm -hmm. um, You know, we may not see those numbers, but if you talk about, say, the Marvel Netflix shows, Disney see those numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And they wouldn't keep wasting money producing more seasons of these shows if they weren't successful. Because Daredevil is going to be up to season three next year, and the other three Defenders-related shows all got second seasons so yeah, crazy disney and then punisher got its own spin off. so disney wouldn't be wasting that money if they saw the numbers and and the views were shit
0: no and i agree with you i'm not i'm not saying that that's a but i just i really wonder what the, what the numbers are well this. I,
1: I can give you a little insight uh nielsen actually has uh found a way to uh find out how um, uh, what what shows are doing well on Netflix? Uh, per- according to them, uh, Stranger Things was watched by 15.8 million people within the first three days of the new season. Uh, the first episode of Stranger Things was watched by 15.8 is that unique million people. people
0: though,
1: uh, un- I don't know if it's unique or not. It doesn't really I, get I into mean, how it. Do they, how do they do that? Because is that that's a good question. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> they uh, they they found out a way and they made the the rating. They made those ratings public just recently. Well, but, but that's what I'm saying. Once again,
0: I just I'm. I, I get that they're using estimates, and, and I don't want to go too much more into this. But yeah. the thing is, I'm just wondering. It's like I really wonder how well these shows do because, in some ways, I still think network TV probably gets more viewers. Yeah, I mean, they do have it, the it, widest
1: exposure. So I would, I would say it's it kind of
0: crazy when you th- it's when you think about that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I just I'm wondering if this is the Tesla effect sometimes. Well, my, my well, you know the Tesla cars, Yeah. you know, you, you read the newspapers, you think that they've they sold 15 million cars last year, mm-hmm. but when you look at it, they have 0.01% of the market. So it, and I'm not saying a Voltron, you know, hyped up or anything, but I'm just, I'm just kind of thinking out loud, but it does amaze me that they have toys for something that is, you know, you have to have a subscription to see.
2: Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll put it to you this way then. Uh, when I was in Toys R Us, which is the other day, they had all these toys there. If it wasn't successful, those toys wouldn't be sitting there because that's valuable uh, shelf space for Toys R Us. Yeah, yeah. We know, for example, back in the days when they aired uh, G-Gundam on Cartoon Network and Mm. Bandai went nuts and made an MSIA of literally every goddamned mobile (laughs) fighter. Including the freaking uh, Spanish bull and the
1: windmill. The windmill. Yep.
2: You know, Toys R Us got rid of that stuff once uh, once that shit wasn't selling. Yeah. Because yeah. they're not going to waste that shelf space on crap that people aren't buying.
0: Yeah. No.
2: So I would I would think that if. Voltron was not getting good ratings on Netflix, and by extension, not getting kids or adults to buy toys in the store. They wouldn't be sitting there at Toys R Us right now.
0: Oh yeah, I I, I think I think it is getting. You know, I think it's getting plenty of.
2: It's doing well enough, at least, to justify those toys being there. Yeah, put it that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's. No. Have to check it out. Yeah, maybe get that fire sale when uh, Toys R Us goes actually oh, bankrupt. Oh man, that's the end of an era right there. <laughs>
1: Damn. Are
2: you are
0: you a Toys R Us kid,
2: Soul Bro?
1: Hey man, I was back in the day, man. I had many memories going there, picking so up I. Transformers and GI Joes and Voltrons and uh, all sorts of fun uh, '80s okay. toys toy, back in the day, uh, man. Toy, toy, no, shoot, Toys R Us is a cool place to go. Yeah, but, man, the '80s yeah. was the last cool decade for toys, man. I remember going there. Mm, man. I, sound like old man now. I am, I would, right? Because the 90s I would, toys... I wouldn't say that. I mean, oh.
0: there, there, there were cool toys after that, oh, but man. I mean, shit. You... Yeah. I mean, you just I, mean, I,
1: w- I, w- I wasn't a, was a teen by the 90s, so I, I guess I'm a yeah, bit but biased, but well, I'm just saying, it's just I, I look at the toys that kids had back then uh, in the 90s and it's like, yeah, man, this ain't cool, man. Die, I remember having die-cast stuff, man. You guys can't handle die And yet.
2: dangerous parts.
1: Dangerous-ass parts, yeah. man. Megatron to look like a gun.
2: Plenty, Point, stabby parts.
1: <laughs> exactly. It, it shit that shot. Missiles like, that shot out into kids' it's like eyes. projectiles. Yeah. <laughs> Lawn darts. (laughs) I'll stop. But yeah, um, good times. So
2: So, um, an overall rating for season three and four to wrap things up, Neo.
0: Um, I'd have to say uh, three and a half exiled sons out of five.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, Sobro? I'm going to rank it a little bit higher. I'm going to give it four out of five. Matt. Uh, Golden Boy Freakouts out of five. Yeah, I did see that Golden Boy uh, homage in that episode where you saw Princess Allure for the first time. That tickled me pink. Thank you. Thank you, uh, staff behind Voltron. I appreciate that.
2: I will give this uh, four weird alternate universe doubles out of five. There you go.
1: (laughs) There you go. Well, uh, four hospital planets out of five. (laughs) (laughs) Confirmed to exist now. Confirmed.
2: Well, with uh, that all said and done, I will uh, hand
1: things over to Solbro to close this out. Well, everybody, thank you for listening to episode 192 of Gundam at Mahq. We reviewed uh, seasons three in quotation marks and four in quotation marks of Voltron: Legendary Defender on Netflix. If you haven't checked out the show by now, man, definitely do, man. It's a it's a fun watch, and if you even enjoyed the original series to some degree, you'll get a kick out of this one man it's 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 on some next level shit as they as the kids say but uh <laughs> before we close out this episode uh fellas anything you guys wanted to mention uh before we uh before we uh, wrap this up wasn't there something you wanted to mention i do uh i wanted to mention that uh, uh you guys uh will probably notice that uh the final episode of chaos theater is coming up and uh, when you listen to it um, I will be asked uh, a a couple things about some of the things I watched this year that I enjoyed well I fucking forgot to mention Blade Runner Mm. so uh, let me just put this on record Blade Runner is one of the best movies I saw this year uh, please, if you haven't seen it and you enjoyed the original, it is worthy of the original. Please go and see that. And uh, much props to Chaos Theater for their final episode. Uh, you're going to get a lot of treats out of listening to that, guys. So if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, go to chaostheater.blogspot.com and go there and bookmark that website. You can also subscribe to them on iTunes. Please do and check out their last uh, salvo of episodes that have been uh, releasing steadily over the last couple of weeks including the final episode when that drops as well. And shout outs to Pedro and Chris for having both Neo and I on yep. to talk about all sorts of uh, uh, things we enjoyed in the year of 2017. And um, other than that, um, anything you guys wanted to mention at all?
2: Nope.
1: Well, nope. make sure to visit mhq.net that's where the magic happens, the Mech and Anime Headquarters Also go to Gundam.net to find our podcast, Gundam at MHQ Find us on iTunes at uh by searching Gundam and uh, that is it for Gundam at MHQ episode 192 we'll see you guys next time Dynamo, now! Get to the bridge. Go now. He's distracting. Come on, come on, come on. Go, 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 MAHQ is a Shinjuku station and MAHQ.net joint.
0: Macho Man Randy Savage, Sarasota, Florida. Come on in. You're going to be defending against the Dragon, Ricky Steamboat. What's the cup for?
1: WrestleMania
0: 3, Pontiac, Michigan. Yeah, 90,000-plus people watching right there. And this is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's cup of coffee in the big time. Yeah,
1: cup of coffee in the big
0: time because you will never get closer than now. I am the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion, and I will remain the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion. And Jersey Animal Steel on the outside will be no- no factor, yeah. You say no factor. Obviously, he is a factor or you wouldn't even brought it up. Oh, wow, Mr. Sarcasm, yeah. I don't care if you've got 23 wrestlers around the outside and it doesn't even matter. No, because I am ready and I will not let this opportunity slip through my fingers. Cup of coffee, man,
1: yeah. Man! Wow, man, freak out!